Hi everyone, welcome back to Highly Inspired. I'm Ella. I'm Jordan. Hey guys, happy Earth Day. Um, hope you're having a good day and you're just loving the world. Yeah, I don't know. You're here to have some good podcasting. Um, we have some guests today again. And um, we'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Yeah, introduce yourselves. There are friends from Chapman, more Chapman friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also seniors just like us, graduating and kind of finding their way in the world. And mm-hmm. and we picked them, picked them out of a lot of awesome people that we think can bring some value to the show. So that's yeah, why they're here. Exactly. And we especially thought, I think that you guys both have very interesting upbringings that kind of relate to Earth Day and sustainability. I think you being growing up in... Um, Hawaii and Peru I think you guys were exposed to kind of the outdoors and being outdoors a lot more than people growing up in cities I think even me like growing up in Phoenix um, which is a pretty condensed like spread out city where it's very suburbia and building oriented it's a little bit harder to kind of get out and do those things so if you guys don't mind like just introducing yourselves and telling us about you and your upbringing and yeah Carla you start okay I'll start (laughs) Hi, my name is Carla uh, Frias, and I am a senior at Chapman. I um, I was born and raised in Lima, Peru, so all the way down in South America, and it's been it's been great to be part of like a, a country that has so much diversity. We have the coast, which is close to the ocean, the highland, which is like Cusco, and then the jungle. Uh, which is like the Amazon jungle. So growing up, I got to travel to all these different places around Peru and um, definitely got exposed to a lot of cultures. And I think that's what has made me a really open-minded person. And when I came to Chapman, I studied strategic and corporate communication and religious studies just because I want to apply like my um, skills in business, but through like a cultural way and through social work and Um, Yes, in high school, I was very involved with this organization called Techo, where we built houses for people that have less economic resources and always just trying to lend a hand to um, the less privileged in the world and um, spreading cultural cultural diversity because it makes a change. Awesome. You're very cultured. Just be. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it's, it's awesome for me because I feel like I've met so many international students and I've met so many people that are from all these different places, even in America. But it's been great for me because the people that I grew up like with and same with Ella um, were just from where we were from. So it was it was cool coming to a school like this where I've just been thrown at all of these different backgrounds and experiences and just perspectives on the world. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Two of our roommates were one was from is from the Philippines and the other one was from Mexico City. So it was definitely it was a different experience from our high school where everyone pretty much was native to yeah. Arizona. Carly, yeah. you're actually the fr- the only person I know of at least like personally that I've met mm-hmm. that's from Peru. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So it's cool. Nice. I'm glad. <laughs> I got of all the places, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, anyways, Benin, Benin you're up. You're up. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. I am Benin Weir. And let's see. I was born actually in L.A. And then shortly after moved to Massachusetts when I was six months old. And at the time, my Your mom baby. was, I was a baby. And my mom was a yoga teacher and she was starting her own studio. And so I would spend my days sitting in the back of a yoga studio on the couch, just playing around. And I didn't, I didn't really get it at the time. Like I didn't fully embrace it, but it was there. And I, so I've kind of had spirituality as a foundation for my entire life. 
And then on the flip side, my dad was like a track coach and a basketball coach at a high school and like very traditional American guy, loves to watch sports. And so like total dichotomy there. Uh I mean, not that they can't coexist, but two different worlds. So, and then when I was in, let's see, I was going into sixth grade, I moved with my mom to Hawaii and that was like a complete culture shock, totally different than Massachusetts and had to learn a lot of things and um, definitely changed me and helped me grow in a lot of ways. And that is where I really found my love for nature and the ocean um, and learned to embrace all that and learned about sustainability too. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to you, I was in a program in high school. It was called Wild Kids. And the idea of the program was to kind of take kids out into nature after school and on the weekends and just give them a time to be free and be themselves and just play. Like there was no structure to the program. We would ask the kids what they wanted to do every day. Mm -hmm. And if that was climb trees and play tag, then that's what we did. Mm -hmm. And so I was a volunteer and I was like a counselor for that. And the, the goal of the program was to give kids great experiences in nature so that they would develop a love for it and care about it and care about, you know, protecting it in the future. And so Mm -hmm. that was where I really developed my sustainability mindset and now I'm out here at Chapman. I'm also studying strategic and corporate communication with a minor in creative and cultural industries. So I love all things creative and I'm, I'm very interested in public speaking and want to get into it more. So yeah. grateful to have the this opportunity is, to be on this podcast. That, yeah. was, good. that was very well said. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and no, I think it's great that both you guys, you know, have kind of the backgrounds that you do and also that you both at a young age, like in high school, were involved in your local community through high school programs or outside of that with things with sustainability, because I yeah. feel like even in high school, it wasn't as popular, even as talked about, at least in American culture as it is even today. I feel like today, um, you know, even large corporations have kind of taken on this this narrative of sustainability, whether their intentions are pure or not. I mean, that's another discussion. But I yeah, think that in just general, checking the box off. In general, everyone is a little bit more aware, and I think that people are our age do do care about that. And um, I kind of just wanted to ask you guys what your thoughts are on just like very simple or high level things that you think that we can do right now to move in a more sustainable direction. Um, what, either what on a we, micro, what should we discuss first, like small level or? Well, or yeah, I guess start level. with like the small things and then we can go Work into like the bigger up. things. Okay. Yeah. All right. You want a popcorn? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> rapid fire. Rapid fire. Let's go. <laughs> All right. I'll start at the most basic level. Recycle. Um, and check your local recycling guides as to what you can recycle because it's different in every county usually. Um, and when you get, for example, when you get a package uh, like from takeout, usually in California it comes in recyclable packaging, but it's covered in food. So most people just throw it out, which I understand. But if you want to take the time to be more sustainable, just rinse it out real quick. Rinse it out. Get all the food out. Dry it. Just dry out the plastic and then recycle it. Like there's so, there's so much that's recyclable that gets thrown away. So, that's step number one. Okay. Nice. Okay. I okay. I guess step number two. I'd say also like reducing the amount of things that you buy because I feel like mm-hmm. we um like sometimes we program our brains to think that we need more things when in reality we want new things mm-hmm. and like even changing it's that narrative need. from need to want um can already help reprogram your brain to stop thinking about like things that you need to um constantly buy because um if you give 
corporation is the demand and they're going to keep producing what yeah. you buy. Um, sure. So yeah, reducing the amount of things that you buy and trying to um, even like spice up your closet and try different uh, outfit combinations is a great way to thrifting. Thrifting. Yeah. yeah I've been thrifting. thrifting from family members. Like I gotten a lot of hand-me-downs from my mom and aunts from like clothes in the oh, 90s yeah, and like that stuff comes back you know like yeah. I'm gonna remember now like oh I'm not gonna good throw good out my relatives stuff. You like have. you're not gonna throw out my stuff like maybe my future kids or like my sister would want it one day I don't know um, do you think that we could perhaps change the overall or not narrative I guess change people's mindsets altogether on not wanting so many things I think that on like a macro scale we could do that and maybe we wouldn't even have that issue of of wanting yeah. because I feel like people want more because mm -hmm. it's the standard that more is cool that more is successful what more is successful so maybe that if means we you made that, it in life you know yeah I find it interesting because I feel like when um we keep adding things to our closet or um we keep buying things two days later you like I feel unfulfilled I don't feel happy anymore like yeah. that rush of being happy of buying something lasts like 10 seconds and then mm. um I think finding new ways to be fulfilled creating more outdoor experiences or um like people we're entering a new economy called the experience economy where people want to mm. buy like co concert tickets or festival mm. tickets so mm. um even stuff like that is already like finding new ways to invest your money rather than like just adding more junk to your house and experiences aren't that. things per se, which is good. We're not buying materials. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, memories. Yeah, maybe yes, we are evolving in a good direction. Yeah, well, that's my my family's motto. My grandma's motto is like buy memories. Like her thing has always been like, if I'm going to spend money, it's going to be on like memories for the family, whether that's mm -hmm. like trips for all of us or like going out to eat or whatever. And I feel like that's yeah. definitely something that I appreciate because I do think that it engages more people uh, even if you go to a restaurant like you are you know you're tipping someone you're smiling with them you're interacting with them you're having this like humanistic experience when you spend your money on packages and more clothes Amazon etc you're fulfilling an economy of of Amazon which mm -hmm. is like people being alone in a warehouse not interacting with people yeah um yeah. working for a certain wage not getting um access to be even use the bathroom and that sort of thing so i think you're right like creating a more experience driven economy mm -hmm. is yeah. really cool and i think that that's what people want especially after covid especially after this like year of isolation which is why like stuff like the lockdowns and that sort of thing like i'm, I'm excited for us to move out of it finally because mm -hmm. the lockdowns all they do is they increase wealth for big corporations that already yeah, you know they do well in that sort of goods and services realm, yeah. as opposed to experience and hospitality driven. You know, right. yeah, plastic yeah. gloves, um, yeah. face masks. Those are those are all being overused right now. Mm -hmm. it's yeah, oh what do my you guys gosh, I want to know. I don't know the numbers. I don't know if you guys oh, do, but I'm sure it's Ab like absurd. Apparently, there's the most PPP equipment waste in the ocean that we've ever had, and it's like I don't know how much higher it is, but it's like the highest level of waste in the ocean ever because of this year. Mm -hmm. So I, I do, I, yeah, I'd be interested to hear your guys' thoughts on like with the COVID stuff, obviously public health is a priority, but where do you, like, I feel like it's a problem in our society. We don't like weigh the pros and cons when we're having a discussion. Like we want all things to work. We want like, um, 
reusable masks for everyone and we want like or not reusable non-reusable masks for everyone and we want uh wiping down everything and we want like plat like for example now more restaurants have um plastic wrappings that they use even when you're dining in so like how do you balance um people wanting to be like covid safe with like wanting to be sustainable like what's what do you guys think is a healthy like give and take with even something like that you know well let me just circle back real quick to the original question which was about like how do we reduce our overall wants and like this drive for consumption and i agree with your original point which is find other ways of fulfillment Mm -hmm. right and like i would jump to um meditation Mm -hmm. like find fulfillment within it doesn't have to be through meditation but finding fulfillment within yourself and realizing that it doesn't come from outside Mm -hmm. like for me my happiness comes from within i'm happy because i'm happy like i just find it just from like from the universe you have to get to that point you have to work towards it i think yeah but like it's it's within all of us and like if you look for it you will find it and if you look for it outside, you'll never find it. Because like Carla said, you just buy things and then it wears off. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if we can fulfill mm-hmm. ourselves more from inside, then we have less need to consume from outside. Mm-hmm. Second thing is uh, I don't think that we're going to have uh, less of this desire for consumption until we change our marketing and advertising. Because as we know from our degree, like, ads are specifically designed to make you crave a certain product and yes. like you need to have it. It's a great and point. How are we going to stop this type of advertising? Well, we have to change our economy because this advertising is a product of capitalism. It's designed to sell more products and that's the goal of a business right now is to sell as many products and make as much profit as possible. Mm-hmm. So we have to change our entire economic system, which I have an idea we can go into that later. Okay. But if we change our system so it's not profit-driven, then we won't have so many extremely persuasive ads that are trying to get people to buy stuff. Third thing, digital products. I want to talk about that. Uh, I would pose the question to you all. Um, what do you think about consumption of digital products like NFTs, music, uh, art, videos, etc.? Like, is that more sustainable uh, than buying physical products? Mm-hmm. I would argue yes, but yeah. it's not completely sustainable because in order to produce a digital product, like that still requires a lot of electricity and fossil fuels to power the machines that make that digital product. But that could be a possible solution is we start consuming more digital uh, products, even clothes. Like if we have like avatars, we can buy yeah. clothes or outfits for the avatars. That's not a physical product being produced. I, th- I think that I we're think it's a segue. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't necessarily solve all the issues, but I think that if you're con- if you're going to compare and contrast like t- physical tangible products that we're buying all the time like clothes, etc. versus the digital, I would obviously say that the digital is yeah. more sustainable. I think that um, we will move in that direction. We've talked about it on several podcasts before, but um especially like we've talked about Tim Dillon's content and he's made a lot of commentary on what you're explaining and has kind of been segueing into the NFT space. And from what my feelings are is that as the digital world becomes more attractive than the physical world, and we're already seeing this, like there's already people that are more obsessed with like their Instagram persona than their actual persona. And it might be a more sustainable thing, but is it better 
again, that goes back to my point of give and take. Is it better for us to be better, more connected to the physical world, Mm -hmm. even if that might be a little bit less sustainable? Or is it better for us to be fully ingrained in the digital world? And I think that as we become more a part of digital the digital world, which we're moving in that direction. It's it's not slowing down. It, it's speeding up. I think that we're going to become more um, minimalistic, less materialistic. It'll, it might get to the point where we're just kind of like in our own little pods and in our own little tiny apartments and everything that we show and kind of black show mirror. off is, That's is avatar clothing or um, digital art and that sort of thing. And I, I think it's a mix it's not purely bad. It's not purely good. Kind of fits into I that. I definitely don't want that. Area. It's going to happen. I um, don't like that. I like being immersed in nature. I feel like the most, the, the most vivid memories and the happiest times that I've had in my life have been when I'm like physically doing something. With your hands. Whether, yeah, even if it's like playing a sport or hiking or um, looking, like mm-hmm. smelling, feeling like that air. I, I, I think that that's just a part of like human nature that will never go away. But a lot of people don't value that in the same way. There are a lot of people that could care less about leaving their house. They just want to be in their digital space and play video games and hang out and do their thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is that bad? No, that's not bad. It's just, um, I think it's, it's not, I think it's mixed, right? Like everything in moderation. It goes back to your point of like different preferences. What is the problem we're trying to solve? Are we trying if if we think if the thesis that you guys are building on is that to be more sustainable is to then become more spiritual to fill that void that I think when you're non-sustainable, that's what you're filling when you're buying more things, more products. The digital alternative isn't fixing that lack of spirituality that is going to ultimately solve the problem of sustainability the digital world is just kind of a substitute it's like a it's like a a band-aid you know and it's like how we've treated a lot of the covid stuff like we've kind of just put band-aids on things as opposed to like figuring out get to the root what is immunity why do why do we have an obesity crisis why don't people know about homeopathic medicine what like it's it everything that we're doing it's that's just kind of the american way at this point you know yeah um because it's easier to do like short-term fixes and just say, okay, this is it for now and, and don't let anyone question that. But um, I would argue that a lot, a lot of stuff with health, the better results are the long-term um, routes and they're to usually go down. cheaper too. Whether that be yeah. with mental health, physical health, spiritual health, like all of those things, the best results are from like long-term processes to get there. And um, I mean, that's from my experience, but I also would – Love to I hear would say, yeah. I, I will say though that, um, yeah, it's a thin line between like the digital world and the physical world. Just because for the digital world to exist, you need all these technology companies powering like all this technology, mm-hmm. which also requires a lot of electricity. And um, I am like right now, I've told you guys that I'm uh, researching a lot on indigenous medicine and um, indigenous spirituality, and one way that they believe that spirituality can actually be successful in the 21st century is by allowing people to connect to the land and like physically be Mm -hmm. out in the land immersed immersed, yeah immersed in um like with the trees and the animals and like fully realizing that like there's all this interconnected world beyond our own little minds and it's a little troublesome because I feel like the digital world puts us more inside our minds rather than outside I agree um so it's true 
that's like a huge um it's called the movement is called eco spirituality and it's by it's allowing people to go outside in nature and connecting spiritually with the environment so that they understand like why spirit um, sustainability is important in the first place sometimes we only we want to be sustainable but we don't even know why and so like i agree it's yeah. it's those values that we can learn from from the indigenous people yeah. but it's just starting right now if we could teach people the why they would be more passionate probably care so much more well not even that but i think that they would actually be address it in a, a a good way in a way that's effective as opposed to like just i'm doing just, it because someone told me to do it not even that but just like oh it's such a cultural thing now like this is so ingrained into what our generation is so all i'm gonna do is repost something on instagram oh i'm sustainable like i think mm-hmm. that that's part of the problem that you're yeah. kind of hitting at is that if you lose that connectiveness with the physical world all it does is it pushes us more into this digital world into a new realm of consumerism that could still have a lot of electricity and a lot of data centers in order to power that and it's not really like yes in our minds we're thinking we're being sustainable but again we're not going to the root of the problem which is like well people just don't really even understand the why like ben and i'm so envious that you had that experience in hawaii where they took you outside I actually didn't even know that about you. I don't think you've ever said that. Um, I I want I wanted that as a kid. I mean, Arizona is really hot for a part of the year, and there's not as much lush in a desert state. So, I mean, we we could have gone out, and I went on field trips and stuff, but um, definitely probably wasn't at the same level as being out and exploring like all of the greenery and all those different like plant species. Like, I bet that was so cool. Right. It, it was. I mean, it was amazing and. And at the time, there was a strict no technology rule in the forest, mm. except for like the guides who obviously had their phones, but the kids couldn't have any technology, which I thought was great. And I love to go places without my phone uh, and disconnect like we did in Big Sur. I did in Big Sur. Yes. Yeah. Um, but here's my, here's my proposition on this conversation. I don't think that it's likely f- that big tech is going to go away. And the four of us are probably not going to slow down the world's technology use or stop it mm-hmm. by this conversation or any other. No, like technology no. is just going to keep growing. So my question that I pose to all of you, particularly you, is uh, how can we merge the digital I- and the physical? Rather than fighting the digital and trying to get away from it, how can we embrace it and also let it connect us more to nature? Well, I think that building green spaces in cities and like everywhere is important. Like in New York, um, like the Highline, the park, the Highline Park. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. right, uh, Central Park. Central Park. Central yes, Park. I, I was blanking. Central Park was created to allow people to have some green space in the city, mm-hmm. and it's up by creating like um, by creating these spaces that you allow people to actually go outside and like have that connection. Um, the indigenous people call mother earth pachamama and uh it's sometimes we forget to create a relationship with the earth we just like take it for granted and so by building these spaces i think that it's a great way that we can start uh, merging both worlds together and a lot of countries in asia uh, like singapore do amazing jobs at creating like oh, singapore's so pretty their airport is it's insane. absurd the airport yeah it's like a de- that's a tourist destination it's in like a itself. forest inside of the building yeah <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. See, we could build like our cities within nature or build. I have this idea about 
if we could figure out a way to like rapidly grow trees that didn't harm them, mm-hmm. we, could we create buildings out of trees? Like Probably. they have an avatar. Like we're living within nature and yet it's still an avatar, (laughs) like the main home tree. Oh my gosh, that thing's so cool. It'd be really cool. I'd love that. And I'm convinced it could be possible. I, yeah. I I mean, we can genetically modify so many things. What if we, not that we already have CEA farming. Not that we should for this, but I'm sure, yeah, if we could rapid, like I guess, speed up, accelerate tree growth, we could get them to do things solely by just how we plant them, how we grow them. Well, you can make a watermelon grow in the shape of a square by just putting it in like a square container. Yeah, but we're talking about like a building. <laughs> no, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying that that's like you can shift. It's a hint. To, yeah. yeah. I'm totally for all of those ideas. I am pro innovation and pro technology getting better more than I'm against it. However, my I think everyone has a line in the sand with this sort of thing and with technology in mind is, is that I don't per- personally think that I'm interested in our biology merging with technology. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of like external spaces and like figuring out how we can integrate nature more into like buildings and stuff and it being externally interconnected because I do think right now we haven't connected those spaces because it's like, okay, you have your indoor house with yeah. all your gear. And even for yeah. us to drive to see nature, yeah. I have to drive 40 minutes to Laguna to do a hike. Like that's kind of a and lot. Then you're, you and know? then you're wasting gas or even electricity yeah. if you have an electric car. Yeah, like I should be able to, even in New York, like you can take the subway and still go see Central Park very easily. Um, however, I am very hesitant of any sort of merging of um, machine and human, whether it's like Neuralink, et cetera, especially if it's not for like a direct medical benefit, um, if it's just like recreational, because I think that that's when, if you do have a more spiritual side, which I do and am somewhat religious, I, I think that that pushes me over the edge just with my own comfort zone everyone's mm-hmm. different you know because yeah. mm-hmm. I do think that humans have souls and we are unique beings and we are creative and whatever and I, I think that we should keep there should be some sort of separation no, but I don't I know agree. what everyone's thoughts are you know no but the question was how do we merge nature and tech and I think that like let's just keep biology aside from that I mean when I'm thinking nature, I'm trying to think of like earth as in we're, yes, we're a part of earth, but like we're kind of off to the side just for now, just for this combo. I love your idea of like making spaces that can not only allow us to partake in them in like a healthy, just sustainable way, but sort of while you're there in those spaces, it rewires everyone's brains to just appreciate the beauty. And I think that, yes, there's all this beauty, right? Mm -hmm. You have to drive to get there. In these huge cities, I mean, you drive or fly or bike, or it's like a trek to get there. So we're not always surrounded by all the beauty that Earth has to offer, like just walking outside. Um, One thing that tech has helped in terms of like us seeing like earth's beauty is I do think that social media, there are spaces on social media for us to just see like some of the craziest like photography on places I didn't even know existed. And now we've got like a Rover on Mars. That's like sending us pictures every day. (laughs) So that's really cool that tech's able to do. And, and as we have, um, more VR and all these other devices that can allow us to feel even more like viscerally there, um, that could solve 
that like experience gap for certain people that maybe aren't able to travel to a certain mm-hmm. place or or maybe it'll get to the point where we like genuinely have to stop flying on airplanes because like the ozone's getting so bad. Right. Um, Which I don't think would be a bad thing. Yeah. No. Like uh, we were talking about this at dinner the other night. Like uh, uh, we were talking to Gage, a slower lifestyle. Like yeah. he was saying like, well, if we didn't have like modern development, we wouldn't have been able to drive to Joshua Tree in two hours and like go have that experience. And I was like, well, okay, maybe we wouldn't have gotten there in two hours, but we still could have gone to Joshua Tree. We could have walked. Definitely. Like, we could have taken <laughs> a horse-drawn carriage. Yeah, and like that would take longer, but think about the richness of that experience. Yeah. Like if you were to go journey to some mystical location like Joshua Tree and it took you three days to get there, imagine all the like the memories you'd make along the way and the beautiful things you it's would see. It's the journey, not always the destination. And meanwhile, we just pop over for two hours, like, oh, cool rocks, right on, back home. I and it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Like <laughs> that experience, if it was slower, could be much richer. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. No, yeah. I don't either. I, agree. I think we forget that you can go to places just on foot. Like, I think people <laughs> mm-hmm. always think you have to have some sort of device in order to get you there, but at some point in time... We had none of that. Humans, to get from point A to point B, it was just you. You Mm -hmm. exerting your energy and you having that mental fortitude to be able to do it and get there. I do think that that makes the destination a lot more worthwhile because so much was put into getting you there. Um, And we're just, yeah, we're losing that like touch and that mindfulness, I think, in regards to just even doing things on a day-to-day basis. Like we forget how grateful and how easy we've made so many things yeah like it's wild and we and it's still not enough it's still not comfortable enough for us like it's what does that tell you will it ever be we're chasing something that doesn't exist we keep trying to make more and make it easier and we get less and less happy yeah yeah because we're glorifying the wrong wrong things we're glorifying (laughs) more stuff we're glorifying more money more monetary wealth we're glorifying more trips and more um, physical appearance, like enhancements or glorifying the wrong things, I think. Um, But if we could get back to a slower lifestyle and everybody glorifying that, that would be that collective mindset to really start to like push us away from those more materialistic Mm -hmm. desires, I think. I I think that if you believe that like humans were created for a purpose and that's to like experience life and it's most pure form I think you're right I think that both you guys are right on that we're moving further and further away from that and chasing this thing that is so not what we were built and created to do on this earth and I think that especially with COVID like I've done so many more road trips this year like I did one from California to um all of us have Calif- or from it was like California to um, the Grand Canyon to the middle of the desert to Arizona to Austin to Houston like Matt and I did this amazing like week-long road trip and some of the stuff we looked at was really boring like but some of it was really cool and it was just nice it's all about how you interpret though but right? if I were to fly from California to Houston I wouldn't have seen any of that and it would have been two hours and I think that especially when we did our last podcast on the vaccine passport and we talked about the things that people wouldn't be able to do if they opted out of that um I was just thinking you know what like I don't need to travel on a plane to get across the country in less than 24 hours like I don't like that's a fake 
you've created all these, like, I don't need to go to a huge festival. Like we've created all these things that we think we are entitled to. And we think that are like a normal part of the human experience when humans existed for thousands of years and never went to a music, a Coachella. They never went to a, like, we sound like such spoiled brats being like, I just need everyone to be vaccinated so I can go to Coachella. You know what I mean? Like it just sounds, no, you're right. It's like, if you really think about what we need and what will make us happy like in the long run yeah it's it's so much less than that america is the staple of we have so much and we still complain about something that we don't have (laughs) and it's just (laughs) pathetic there's a scholar called matthew white which i wrote down in my notes and he's um part of the european center of the environmental and human health uh, resources at the university of exeter and he studied twenty thousand people um, and their behaviors on their everyday life. And he realized that spending two hours a day, a week in green spa- spaces already uh, can give you a better health overall. Wow. That's yeah. insane. By what caliber? Like serotonin in the brain? Yeah, no, or? Um, psychologically, yeah. Okay, psychologically, amazing. Better health. I it reduces stress. It reduces like anger. Inflammation. I think there's a, a beauty, something special about being outside that, and we were talking about this, Jordan, how you're reminded that, you're much smaller than the world outside. Uh, and I don't know, there's something special about that reminder. It kind of makes you like get out of your head for a bit. Mm. Not be so egotistical. This is scientifically proven. Nature improves mental health overall. I actually wrote a paper on it in high school in my psych class. Oh. Um, there's all this research. <laughs> Sorry. It's so it's so My heart just like blew up a little bit there. Um. <laughs> Hearts. Uh, <laughs> The, the way that it works is, um, so normally when we're, we're in uh, like our day-to-day lives, you're doing work, whatever, you have to use your directed attention. So you have to make an effort to focus on something. But when you're looking at nature, it just comes naturally. You don't have to try to focus on nature or enjoy it. You just look at it and it's beautiful. And so therefore it's restorative. It's restorative to be in nature. It's restorative to our brain. And so it enables you to focus more, um, have better memory, be calmer, less stressed. Mm-hmm. All of this is proven. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like it's I, feeding you. Yeah. I, I love what you guys both brought up because you both brought up examples of ways that cheap, simple things can actually be really good for your health. And mm-hmm. one of the things that Jordan and I wanted to talk about, and I think we sent you guys a video, Russell Brand talks about this a lot. And I've been, you know, he he interviewed one uh, doctor that literally just studies breathing and the benefits that it has for people's health, just like learning how to breathe properly. Um, another one that I saw was a doctor that um, basically, I think he saved 12 million lives just by giving people in third world countries proper vitamin A. With COVID, we've been talking about how vitamin D would be like the biggest natural way to fight against COVID. So there's all these like natural things that I don't think are part of the narrative when we talk about health, especially in Western countries, because you don't make a lot of money off of breathing. You don't make a lot of money yes, off of vitamin exactly. D. You don't make a lot it's of money about sun, being off just of... just go outside. In nature, it, like, yeah, you like, these are cheap things that... And it's like, so it feels like, for me, especially with the COVID stuff, let's keep everyone dumbed down. Let's keep young people thinking that they need all these things that are synthetic, 
um, the vaccine yeah. being one of them. Like think like you need all this stuff, which is going to make us a lot of money. And okay, we can have that debate. Like I think overall it's good that we have access to modern medicine because there is stuff like that you can't do through homeopathic ways but i just do because think options weird. are there doesn't necessarily mean that, that they're should, good options and that you should have be to the be, first option people you know? need to be able to learn and, and a, a large part of like all these health discrepancies is that that's not like a class in school like it's up to the parents normally on what they want to teach their like child and, and pass go on about doctors, health. but that's yeah. not like a class where all of us are on the same page about it and so how are we going to blend like all of these options with also people having trust that people will make the right decisions on things it, to yeah. take care of themselves there's a crucial point when you start being spiritual where you realize that it's you're not only supposed to focus on your physical health but also your mental and your spiritual health mm -hmm. yes and i feel like sometimes with covid and all these like diseases we're, we only focus on our physical health mm -hmm. like the short-term mm -hmm. yeah benefits that it can give us to our bodies but it's looking beyond that yeah no we, we've definitely you guys you know sure. the four pillars of chapman mm -hmm. um obviously one of them being spiritual <laughs> we, we've brought this up in so many episodes but i just think that it's like so good um just I being agree. able to see those four spiritual intellectual social intellectual oh, oh intellectual sorry physical intellectual spiritual and social, social. Yeah. yes and yeah with this pandemic they forgot they forwent three of them and only focused on physical and, and even physical they weren't even encouraging the proper things no you can't get yeah. vitamin d natural healthy vitamin d from the sun when you're locked inside on a stay-at-home order so <laughs> like they're True. yeah telling yeah. yourself that you're healthy every morning is gonna have a long effect like some people might believe that it won't but it's true like if you believe it you're gonna manifested in your own life yeah mm. Ooh, that's, that's interesting like the that. power of belief i i agree i think that that when you're especially when you're in a, a good rut of being healthy too and you're doing the right things and like you've established good habits something mm -hmm. that jordan and i talk about it's being proactive versus reactive and this culture in america of surgery and pills fixing your health is yeah. very reactive not proactive and it mm -hmm. benefits the huge pharmaceutical companies because we, we, we talked about this, but even something as simple as like ADHD medicine, they can hook children on it. Just kids who are hyperactive and need to be outside. Like maybe the kids shouldn't be in a classroom all day. Maybe yeah. they should be outside. Maybe they should be interacting with, but instead they're like, oh, your kid's yeah. weird. And you, yeah. they, especially boys, they target boys. So we're going to put them on ADHD medicine for life. And they don't tell you when you get off that or what. And it's yeah. like, they it's literally what's the copay is $90. No. Or that it's a cousin of meth. I didn't know is that. Is it a, cous a cousin of meth? Adderall is an amphetamine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I, I took have it never. For years. Okay. It was terrible. And I l discovered that, I mean, firstly, it was affecting me terribly mentally. I was super anxious and like developed the dependence on it very quickly. It's very addictive. I mean, it's like, it, it totally makes you high. Like mm -hmm. when I would take it, like I'd feel like Superman for like a about like an hour and like physically like, and like mentally yeah like i'd just be like ah like let's crush this <laughs> literally bouncing off the walls like, and it, but like i mean it helps you focus but the side effects are terrible it has terrible drawbacks mm -hmm. and now i just meditate in the morning and i can focus all day long like i rarely get distracted mm -hmm. rarely like i might take a break that's or so get distracted awesome like once in a while but i get distracted less than i did before taking adhd medication 
when I was on ADHD medication, like I, I'm far more focused now just, just by calming down mm-hmm. and Agreed. like, just like quieting my thoughts a little bit. Yeah. Like but, that meditation for you is probably like you're working that muscle in your brain to fill the too. void that you don't, why you don't need the meds anymore. Yeah. That too. Meditation helps you train your focus if you're focusing on something in your meditation. But this, yeah. I mean, let me just go into what you were saying real quick, which mm-hmm. is like about the, the issue with the medical system of only treating the physical, like it's, I agree, like only treating the physical is an issue. We have to look at all of it. Like your belief, you have to believe that you're healthy. You have to be spiritually healthy. And also we have to look at the root cause of things. Like Western medicine has a habit of treating the symptoms. Yes. Right? You have yeah. a sore Band-aids, throat. Band-aids, putting Band-Aids on things. give you something that numbs your throat yeah. rather than saying, why do you have a sore throat? Mm-hmm. And so like yes. with COVID, like I went through this whole year, never got COVID, never got sick. Other than like maybe a mild sore throat one time when I, I think it was mostly just mental and yeah. and I like kicked that in a day after I took some vitamins. I would just run down a and little bit. And it the reason why is because I took the time to build my immune system like from the ground up. And so it's like rather like we have to look at like why are people getting sick? Like that's because your immune system is run down. And so why is your immune system down? What are you eating? Like, what are you eating? Like, yeah. are you eating McDonald's and cinnamon rolls and, like, all of these and other vaping things? vaping and... And vaping. Not getting enough sleep. Like, mold know, exposure. Drinking <laughs> yeah. alcohol, which you is a toxin, every day. Like, Also, like, emotions play a huge part. That, too. But if you're doing all these things to your body, like, your body's filled with toxins. So it's constantly having to purge, which is, like, running your immune system down. And so there's very little strength. So then when your body comes into contact with a virus hits your nostril, yeah. boom, you're infected because yeah. you don't have enough T cells to fight it off. Yeah. But if you're repetitively like building your immune system by taking vitamins, going outside, exercising, being in a good mental state, etc. Fun fact, meditation increases your immune system. I've learned this really? during COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you do all these things and your immunity is like already so high. I'm like not afraid to get sick at all. I'm like, not afraid That's been me this whole time uh, too. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I, I don't get sick. Since June, when I realized that COVID wasn't a threat for people our age, I didn't, I was like, not even I'm just not, our age, but for a healthy for immune most, system. For most people. Of any age. Like there are people that are 75 years old that have a very healthy immune it, system. Right. It could be a genetic and like, I mean, certain people have like certain genetic like, deficiencies and whatever they, that that can yeah. have them be at that point or not mm-hmm. but there are people in certain age groups that if their immune system is extremely strong th- it also shouldn't be a word they, for them either they never corrected the narrative either because at the beginning of code we didn't know a lot of things and then we started to to know things and we should have treated it like good news like that pathologist who explained like once we figured out oh kids don't spread it to adults why aren't we telling that narrative? Oh, asymptomatic people don't really spread it. Oh, why aren't we telling that narrative? Oh, the majority of people that die, it's obese. Why aren't we figuring out the obesity problem in America? Instead, what was because presented with us- they're a business and the health industry exactly. is a monopoly. Exactly. And they were capitalizing the more money on- gets sick, the But more money instead, what was so presented- So they were willing to forego our spiritual, physical, mental, and social health- to make money. Yeah. That's exactly what this is at its basic Core. conception. And and what happened and it's frustrating to me. <laughs> and going back to what you said with even a sore throat, like like 
NyQuil, for example, or DayQuil, like, like you said, it just, it just tempers the symptoms, right? And that's exactly, this vaccine isn't the same as other vaccines where it addresses that you don't get like the virus or you don't get polio, you don't get, et cetera. All it does is tamper the symptoms, which is fine for someone who's older and and needs that help, but it's not getting to the root of the problem, which is an immunity problem. And young people, old people, everyone should be working on their immunity. And like you said, there's so many free things that you can do. Um, meditation, all those things you laid out, you know, yes. I have a, I have a good question for you guys. If you need to say something, Brennan, let me just it. real quick okay. on the immunity mm-hmm. note, this thought just came to mind. Our culture is terrified of dirt. We're like obsessed with being <laughs> clean. We've got our Clorox and our hand sanitizers <laughs> and our sprays and like all this stuff. The way one of the ways that you build immunity is by being exposed, exposed to viruses and bacteria. That's how a vaccine works. You get a little bit of the virus in you, so your body builds immunity to it. Mm-hmm. How do you naturally build your immunity? Stop being so terrified of dirt. <laughs> dirt is not dirty. Like the earth is, it, it's dirt. We were born in dirt. Cavemen lived in dirt. Seriously, <laughs> like you drop something on the earth, if it gets a little bit of dirt on it, that's fine. Like that's actually okay. There might right. be a little bit of bacteria in the yeah. dirt, but that's natural. There's bacteria all over your skin. There's bacteria all over everything. In Just food, eat it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, this is going to sound weird, but like if something gets a little dirt on it, I eat it. And I'm like, sweet, a little more immunity. No, like, we have, <laughs> no I mean, the earth is made of like metals, right? Rocks and our types of metals and whatever. And we have all of those like, um, like minerals and metal, metal like amounts in our bodies. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as you're not like literally eating dirt. Right, don't eat dirt, but like don't be <laughs> But like a little bit is not something to be afraid of at exactly. all. Exactly. And also walk on the earth. I Go used to barefoot. eat sand as a, as oh, a yeah. baby. Put your hands I'm, no, I'm literally not kidding. I have my, I have a photo album that my parents have of me like on the beach <laughs> with a bucket just eating sand. No. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So wow. I know it's weird, but actually some kids do this. That's really like, prepping. This is like a thing. You this is a thing. Is, yeah. Like, I mean. Okay. I wasn't like health. literally like swallowing it, but like I would like put it in my mouth and like chew on it. And That's stuff. weird. That's <laughs> some strong chocolate. <laughs> Wait, you guys so haven't well. heard of this? I think I've wow. heard it. This is, no, this is definitely a thing that yeah. kids do and I don't know why. I wonder yeah. if there's like a deficiency reason oh, why. Interesting. But, but yeah, no it's not bad. I'm still here. Bad. I ate yeah. sand and I lived. Peruvians are known yeah. for having a strong immunity because um, of that reason. Like we eat fruit and uh, vegetables that come straight from the yes. garden, straight from like mm. the ground. So you guys don't wash them at all? No, they do. We do wash them, but even our water is not as good. Okay. Like it's not as, as uh, purified as the one in like Colorado or like other places in the world. Um, so our immune system is pretty strong well that's why uh, yeah it's probably why in like a lot of countries in africa like covid didn't even affect them um yeah i mean they're i mean i'm sure even with their water there like their their bodies have just yeah developed like a respiratory thing isn't gonna push them down you know i think respiratory affects people who are the least healthy you know that's true i will say something that i can relate to you ben and that when my brain or my mind hurts like instead of uh taking advil i like two years ago i've started doing this i meditate for like two minutes or five minutes Mm. and it does go a long way and i do think that um all these problems that we're talking about with the health system and the environmental problem they all go down at least for me um they go down to the values that we have and yes. I think there's a difference between short-term and long-term, um, like, values. And a lot of the ways that we live our life today is based on short-term values. We want things quick. We want quick solutions. We want de- quick deliveries. Um, 
but uh, to I don't know something that gardening has taught me is that long term is better because it produces better results and it just is going to require yes. more effort mm -hmm. and it's going to require commitment but um it's it's even it even goes back to our economic system like looking beyond the short-term profit and more the long-term benefits of how we can create like yeah sustainable um living or sustainable um medicine yeah mm -hmm. you're right values drive everything mm -hmm. yeah shout out slow fashion slow fashion oh yeah slow fashion mm -hmm. yeah like making things specifically tailored for a person or upcycling something, making small batches rather than let's crank out a t-shirt in two like minutes. Like these in huge inventories. Yeah. yeah. And, and you create more value that way. I think that I'd uh, like, uh, they're more special. The yeah. Are more special. Yeah. Like, um, like and probably high quality that lasts forever. Yeah. Like a good example is, um, the guys who started Airbnb, actually, they were like broke for a long time and how they made money was, They did, they like designed these um, cereal boxes called Obama O's during the election, <laughs> yeah, but they only made 50 of them, them, right? And that like literally increased the value so much. And so I, I love to get into like the capitalism versus socialism versus mm -hmm. communism. And if there's any other things, then <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, okay. but I think something Strapped just to kind of like open up that conversation <laughs> is I, I think that we have this tendency as a culture, whether it's with the Constitution, whether it's with economic systems, whether it's with uh, spiritual values to like throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's like, oh, we're just going to we're smarter. We're more evolved. Mm -hmm. We're more ethical. And that's really like kind of pretentious to think because if you think that about your ancestors kind of it is, it yeah, is pretentious. it is pretentious like your grandchildren are going to judge you because there's stuff that we do that they're going to view as oh, unethical yeah. eventually mm -hmm. if you ever own an iphone that's going to be viewed as unethical if you at ever some point from, yeah. like yeah so yeah. it's like you gotta cut systems you gotta cut the constitution you gotta cut your ancestors a little bit of slack you know and critique but but not throw it all out yeah so i think that's kind of my position overarching on on capitalism and i think that the point you brought up about um what was it like yeah creating products that are kind of more limited i think that's a really good example of how you can use um a system and manipulate it so it's not about overconsumption, but actually under consumption and making things like more special yeah. you know again long term versus short term yeah mm -hmm. you know values are so important to the way we process the world to the way we interact with the world and i feel like this modern world really emphasizes in short-term mm -hmm. benefit all the time. Yeah. And there's a problem with that. And we're foregoing ethics in certain case scenarios and certain businesses to produce products just because the, there is a demand there mm -hmm. and yeah, whether or not a demand is there, it doesn't make it ethical. Like say even um, like cigarettes, for example, we know that cigarettes aren't healthy. There's a demand there. People are interested in it. People desire them. Um, and these, these companies, the manufacturer, they know that they're doing it and it's unethical. I, they have to. Um, this is, and un when I say unethical, I'm not just talking in like a spiritual way. I think like, like I, harmful. I, yeah, harmful. harmful, not intrinsically good for us. Right. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's a, an example and there's a million others. So and it's, it's hard to balance freedom and making everything ethical, you know, because you want things to, you want people 
to have the autonomy and their freedom to be able to choose the ethical decisions and be like, like in an ideal world, we would love for cigarettes to just disappear on their own because everyone individually decides like, I don't want to purchase cigarettes because I know it's bad for me. But the amount of education that takes and the amount of personal responsibility that takes is a huge amount. And overall, it's more powerful than you know, a regulator saying we're just going to get rid of creating cigarettes forever. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like you're constantly balancing those two extremes, you know, mm-hmm. of like a higher entity or government being like, oh, that's gone because it's unethical and everyone collectively coming together and saying, no, we're just not going to buy that anymore. You know, I'm for the people. I want people to have collective, I guess, understandings of what they want and what's healthier for us. I don't think that we work well when we're told some people might I think collectively we don't. Um, that's just going to compile into a lot of turmoil over time. Um, but yeah, if we could all get to that point where we can pick up on things of, oh, wait, why are why is this or that company making so much of this product when A, it's not sustainable, B, it's obviously profit-driven, short-term driven. Like even Apple, for example, like I have so many issues with how often they release so many new products where there's zero, zero like enhancement to it. Like I think that Apple products are giving us a lot of um, like opportunity for especially even like creators. Like it's, I mean, Apple has done so much for like the tech boom that we've had, but why are we making all of these products all the time? And we have all this inventory and people just want to upgrade every year when something new comes out and then throw the old thing away or trade it in. And they say that it's, it's recycled, recycled like aluminum or whatever, but it's still just like the energy going forth to make new. And, and, and that's a lot of power to do that. Yeah. What are your guys' thoughts? Um, you know, something that I've come to realize now that I'm kind of an adult is that Sometimes we're everyone is only looking out for themselves, and that's how like these maybe these these big corporations may not necessarily be um, interested in our own like they're interested more in their own benefit and how much money they can make rather than like giving something good for the people. Yes. Um, so I think collective unity is a very important. Um, like vision that we need to focus for the future and that spirituality at least has made me think about because if we keep only thinking about what makes us happy or what make what can make, give me money then this is how all these products are being made because they're not mm. really it's just, it's all about like collectively working together as humans and i did bring this point up before the podcast started that uh like darwin when he made the evolutionary theory he actually on the document that he published the theory he mentioned the word love like 84 times because oh. Yeah, I know, and no one really teaches I you love, that in love. school. And because he says, he said that humans need to work together and cooperate in order for us to truly evolve into our highest good. Because we humans don't have any fangs, or we don't have any like big claws. We aren't meant to fight with each other, but rather work with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless we truly start teaching kids those values values again since a very young age then we're just going to be building social systems and economic systems that uh only benefit the individual rather rather than the collective Mm -hmm. 
I think there's also a reason why we all have like these different skill sets and different things that we're geared towards like skills wise. I think if all of us had the same amount of competence, the same skill sets, we would never need to work together. But the fact that we all are on all these different levels of, oh, you're good at this. Oh, wait, you're better at this. And then that just compiles into us. That's just the proof that we all were intended to be doing things together Mm -hmm. um, and that we have the capacity to cooperate. Yeah. Uh, I agree with what both of you said. And I have a proposal. Um, (laughs) Shoot. (laughs) Pitch it to us. (laughs) Capitalism and socialism both obviously have their faults. Yes. And so I would like to propose a new system, which is altruism. Uh, If you don't know what altruism means, it's basically... um, doing good for the sake of doing good without mm-hmm. expecting anything back. It's just kindness to be kind. Um, and I wonder if we could create an economic system based around altruism where you are rewarded for every time you help someone. And my idea is it could be like a system of credits. So we, rather than dollars, we do credits. And so anytime you help someone out, you are awarded a certain amount of credits. And this could Mm. apply to a job. Like if you do your work, you get, you know, 500 credits at the end of the week or whatever it is from all the ways you help the company or just random acts of kindness. Like I was talking to some guy today and I asked him about public speaking and he gave me all this interesting information and like he should be rewarded for that. Just pure kindness. But do you think that that could be hijacked in a bad way? Yeah. Do you think that could be hijacked? Like I'll let you finish. finish. I just want to, I just want to include that (laughs) sooner. The idea being that we are motivated to do good rather than motivated to make money. Yeah. Uh, and this, it, it, I think it would really like free us in a lot of ways to pursue more of what we are, what we love to do and what we're interested in. Because mm-hmm. uh, it would allow us to get paid for it even easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, eventually we would work towards the goal of a system where there is no money at all and everyone is just helping each other all the time mm-hmm. and we are we we all have everything we need mm-hmm. so if we're always giving right and we each have these individual passions right so say you love mm-hmm. to cook potatoes mm-hmm. and you give those potatoes for free that's how you contribute mm-hmm. then everyone else is contributing what they love to do for free mm-hmm. and you can take whatever you need mm-hmm. and people can also take what you give so then we all have what we need all the time for free. Yeah. And all you have to do is give what you like to do. I like what you And said if we could distribute it well enough, yes. we could get that around the globe. And we could there's there's different ways that this could work. Either it could be determined by people, like you choose to give someone credits, mm-hmm. or the whole thing could be run by an AI that is specifically designed to find kindness, determine when a kind act has been done and award credits but that would need surveillance you're gonna have a hard time selling mass surveillance and you're gonna need tech and you're gonna need satellites and you're gonna need electricity to run surveillance but we're gonna be there already i'm just picking this i like this we're all we're all gonna work through it we're all gonna have (laughs) ar glasses within the next five to ten years that'll be watching everything we do our phones already listen to everything. If we, we let that happen, we I can don't want take to, them off. I, I want well, to have, I have the, the glasses. F- okay, well, I think that <laughs> we should allow the freedom for people to choose. Of course, you don't have to buy the glasses. You don't have to buy yeah. an iPhone. But it's gonna suck if you but don't. But if you're placed in an economic system it? where that 
is a, like a necessity to have in order for the surveillance to go down, some people might not be good with that. Then oh, they, definitely. I think that my, yeah, I think. I love this altruism take though. Yeah. I think that that's really fascinating. I think that altruism in general is like more, more connected to spirituality as a whole, mm-hmm. yes. like an intrinsic, motivating intrinsic good as opposed to intrinsic right. materialism. Mm-hmm. Um, the two issues I have are A, I think that it would be hijacked because evil will never fully be void. Like, I think that at least what I have learned and what I believe in is that there is ultimate good and there's ultimate evil. And I don't know if we'll ever be able to fully get rid of the evil. And I think that it's a part of us. It's not an external for, I think the evil lives within us. We, we have capabilities towards evil and good. And like, I think an evil act is over possession over like jealousy and I think that um in a system like that where you have to have a certain amount of credits in order to eat you have like same with money that's why people do bad things that's why they steal that's why they break into people's houses because they feel that um like those negative emotions in them that propel them to do what we quote unquote say bad things and so um I feel like that idea of the credits would pretty much just replace money, but it would still like lead people to do different things, similar things Mm -hmm. in like the hunt of like, I guess, surviving in the system. What I like about what you said and what I think can work is that idea. Okay. Philosophically, I'm on the same page as you. Practicality wise, I see holes, but there's holes in everything. And I think that what could work practically is that within we forget, we forget about when you really boil down, like let's say capitalism, for example, we have this kind of messed up perception of it because we live in like a very huge over corporalized world. But when you go back to like when the idea of free markets came into, um, the West and into, um, America specifically, like frontier, frontier America, America, like that is actually like the best system possible. Like you have a sense of currency, but everyone's living very localized. And I do agree with your point that when you view things as helping people, you're less likely to like be so stingy about money. And I think that the solution is that we move towards more localized nature driven, um, communities, because I think that then like, let's say, I'm help, like I'm way more the closer you are with someone the more you're willing to help them out for free like think about Real what you're doing for your friends like even mm-hmm. like Matt like Matt does freelance and he'll do free stuff for Nomo but he's not going to do it for a stranger right mm-hmm. so I think that it's not about looking at like socialism or capitalism and, and, and creating a whole new structure it's about seeing what on a big scale works as just a guideline. And then how do you localize that to kind of create this generosity feeling that is natural within us and ties back to spirituality. And I think the issue with, unfortunately, as great as a credit, and this is just my opinion, as great as a a credit system sounds, unfortunately, governments like China, which are very anti-human rights, just straight up evil, um, <laughs> have Muslim evil. concentration camps, yeah. forced sterilization of the women. I just found child out that labor. they, child labor, they now have, um, they 
organ. They literally kill people who are prisoners and they harvest for, their and organs. Their harvest their organs. I just found this out, and it's increased since the seventies. They used to do people just on death row, and they've now increased it. And the reason why they've been setting up these like Muslim concentration camps is because these religious people are healthier, and they want those yeah. organs. So then they deem them as a criminal, so they can harvest their organs. So when you have a and China already has what? a social credit system in place, right? So they already have this, what it means to be a good yeah. ci a citizen. And when you have a blanket statement of what it means to be, sorry, I'm throwing a lot of information at you guys, but what <laughs> if I'm trying to make riled a point, up. <laughs> but when, what, when you, when you throw a blanket statement at what, it, what does it mean to be a good citizen? And maybe an AI could lay that out very like maybe they could be like okay don't murder don't steal right now but, i have more trust in like certain ais than certain political figures yeah, so i'm like, totally i could do i could be okay but like that. if if i can if there's already a country that has a social credit score that we're not even calling out and they say like oh that means you're a good citizen and literally you can't go to certain shops if you don't have above a certain credit score and now they're now they're enabling people to snitch on opinions and stuff that that's what scares me about anything like credit score oriented because and i think that that would yeah, sort of yeah let me just correct uh and let me clarify I'm not talking about a credit score. I'm talking about uh, credits in the sense of like tokens, like mm. like a cryptocurrency. Like okay. it could be a form of a crypto. Like okay, Bitcoin or something I like that. Else. Like not not like you're getting a score. It's more like if I do something for you, like I get five credits, and you can amass an unlimited number of credits. Yeah, or maybe there's a limit to mm -hmm. it, but mm -hmm. not a not a score. Okay, more I see like what you're a, saying. More like a, I apologize. yeah, a, like almost like a currency. What like do you currency. What do you guys think about decentralized currencies and like crypto versus like the U.S. dollar? Like, do you think that's gonna like be better in terms of like? Well, it's definitely more sustainable because we're not printing and hopefully not making more coins and stuff like that. Um, no, but so. we also will always have those like tangible coins and dollar bills like floating around. Like, I don't think they'll ever really get rid of them, but we're not making any more, which is good. Uh, the issue with crypto is which one's going to be the one. Yeah. You know, like, is it going to be Bitcoin or is it going to be Facebook coin? I hope not. Or there's, are they I don't trust <laughs> Facebook <laughs> even in the slightest of ways. No, so I, I hope I, it's not I Facebook. Either, but I think that there, a lot of the, a lot of the merit. <laughs> Continue you don't running. want Mark Zuckerberg being your no, teller, your no, bank teller. That guy's a whack job. <laughs> okay, continue, Brendan. I was just, <laughs> I was just gonna say, um, I think a lot of the merit of crypto is the unifying ability, and uh, has a huge potential to um, become a global currency, uh, which would help a lot with trade, and it would take away a lot of the tariffs and regulations and taxes and all that True. stuff that's it's decentralized like, it's pr pretty much yeah. like anti-free market um uh, but which one are we going to use we got to agree like there's so i think many it's going to be a couple i think there's going to be a, a few yeah. but i mean i mean there are so many um companies that are making these like crypto like blockchains right now thinking that they're going to take over oh, yeah. it, there there's no way that we're going to be able to manage that many no not at all it's the it'll only work i think if there's really one like just one because if we have a global currency like that'll make everything so much easier mm -hmm. um the but the 
the ideal situation of setting that up would be for all of us, like the people of Earth deciding that and not just an entity deciding it. Oh, no, it. no entity should decide it. It should be yeah. crowdsourced. I mean, that's that's why it's decentralized currency. That's mm-hmm. what's great about it is it's mm-hmm. decentralized. I think that this will, it the the coming metaverse will help. A metaverse <laughs> is a digital space, like a VR or AR world, kind of like in Ready Player One. Like that universe yeah. is the metaverse, like where we can all go and hang out and create and talk. Like it's coming and it's going to be amazing. I'm I feel like it kind of is here it. a little bit with video there, games, right? Yes, but it's just not as like common. There are many little metaverses right now. Like mm-hmm. different companies are creating their own metaverses. Facebook is creating a metaverse. But I mean, they got Oculus and they're making VR headsets and uh-huh. and they're making yeah. a world for it. It's called Facebook Rift. I believe. Oh, mm-hmm. really? It's like a whole area oh, you can go into and meet other people. It's kind of like Club Penguin, but like on a much more advanced, like VR Webkin, scale. yeah, oh. for VR. Exactly. So but if we can have one of those Imagine. that's global and we can all around the world go into a digital space and connect together, use some sort of cryptocurrency there, mm-hmm. have digital products, art, clothing there. That's a whole No, world. yeah, that, you're right. Yeah. Music festivals, like we're all in our own oh, like bedrooms. Silent discos. <laughs> yes, we're all just, just having raining, a silent disco. Like millions of people in the VR world. That'd, That'd be, be sick. sick. I like that. that. Excite me. Really? No. Why not? Because I like being outside. Like I don't like like when I'm on my in my laptop for more than eight hours, I already get yeah tense okay. and stress. Laptop, I don't. Yes. I don't really like. I don't know. I don't really watch a lot of shows. I don't. I watch movies, but not that much. Okay, I'm I don't. The I respect same way, that. Yeah. But have you tried VR? Like, have you like tried on a VR headset before? I think so. I, I tried I, it like for five minutes in this one place that they opened in okay. Peru. I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> I think it's amazing that all these new inventions are coming out. But I don't know. It, I fear because I do think that um, all this technology is causing like depression rates to go up and anxiety rates to go up it's just pulling it us it's and pulling us more away from nature yeah it is constant constant um update like you have to update softwares constantly and like have to do things constantly like i don't know i just also feel like it detaches you from just reality. as good tech evolves so does bad tech i.e like hacking and like these people are smart like what they can do and so it just it, the more data we have out there and the more of a digital presence we have out there like that's just more material for people to hack and like yeah. manipulate and potentially do like real harm to you so that's not good. I, we don't like say, that. I will say that I do. I something that I do like about technology is that it, it will allow us to build more knowledge mm. in ways that we can't even imagine. True. Like we're going to be able to measure so many new things now um, that right now we don't even know how to measure. So that 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 for that I am interested. Like the amount of technology that's going to go in, like um, like NASA and all these like all this information that we need about the universe. I think that's going to help a lot. But in terms of, like, our emotional health, I feel like it is going to make us reconsider. Maybe eventually we'll be able to evolve to not have that. But right now, because, like, technology is moving faster than our brains are able to, like, wrap our heads around, that's why, like, Mm -hmm. the mental health is, like, so unbalanced with it. Because, yeah, I mean, it's, it's happening so fast. Like, I can't even, I don't even, I can't really even imagine what, like, the technology access is going to be like when we're 50, 60 years old. Like it'll be a different world. Like we'll literally live in a different world. I think. I do think that 
something that I do like about technology is that it's allowing us to be more connected with everyone in the world, mm-hmm. um, which is a great thing because then you're not only stuck in like your own way of living, but you can o- actually open your eyes to all these different lifestyles. Yeah. So in that sense, I do I do give it some props. Yeah, um, there's a, there's a good and the bad. There's know? good and I bad. I know. I feel like that's like, like this whole podcast so far. Like we're talking about like complex things, goods and bads, and just kind of like dissecting it because nothing is a dichotomy like ever there's a gray yeah. area to all of yeah. this I and i think that with with uh the development of technology there will be like a great awakening of more people becoming aware of of things and aware of like our own minds and it'll go hand in hand hopefully mm-hmm. i think it's already happening like yeah. i mean the amount of information about these two topics sustainability and spirituality strictly on social media is profound mm-hmm. i mean there are like so many pages that talk about spiritual topics and there's so much more consciousness around sustainability like even from when i was in high school mm-hmm. like that program i was in like that was that was fairly so cool. niche like most people didn't really get it like sustainability was not a buzzword and it like now it's just exploded that's that's the thing about like when i mean i don't know it's like it's sad that disasters had to happen for that to be the case but they have and like there's so much coverage of it like i mean the biggest companies in the world louis vuitton has a sustainability tab on their website like on the front page but like everybody's talking about sustainability Mm. what does it matter i mean it matters Mm -hmm. It needs to be authentic, yes, but just the fact that they're talking about it and doing something yeah, is huge. Yeah, I guess huge. that's true. At least but it is so like a, better than a planting like of a seed. We can rip on corporations be like, oh, it's greenwashing, it's not authentic. Sure, there is that, but like, it's better than nothing. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? I it guess is planting a seed by even just having it there. Like people, maybe maybe say a, an elderly person who is a routine Louis Vuitton purchaser who had never even come across the word sustainability before, mm-hmm. they see that on the site, then they look it up, and then they understand. I agree. What do you guys guys think though about like, as I agree, I think things are, technology is going to move faster than we can even imagine. I think that we're going to be in digital spaces very soon and definitely in our lifetime. And with that, I mean, we already have all this information at our fingertips. It's almost overwhelming. Um, You know, and the example you gave up, gave with Louis Vuitton with the sustainability tab. Now, I don't know if they do this per se, but I did hear from our roommate who studied abroad in Italy and took a sustainable fashion class in Italy, which I think is pretty unique because there's a lot of fashion manufacturing that happens in Milan. And she told me something very disturbing that a lot of luxury like brands um, in the realm of Louis Vuitton um when they're done with a collection and doesn't sell out, they just burn the products. So mm-hmm. I just think, what's because the line? To keep it limited. What, yeah, what's the line of like the good of the exposure of like what you said, like an elderly person seeing that, but then on the flip side, if that same company or brand Is isn't also practicing it, like how do we, like, like that just is such a, like that's just so yeah, it's not it even needs just to be authentic, authentic maybe there it, could be laws in place i mean i'm con- I, I like, like less you are laws. like you, i mean i don't know maybe someone sue them for being um what's it being slander or it libel. is slander in yeah a way. i don't know but yeah i don't know what the solution is like what are tips that you could give to people to weed out like what's true information versus false is it going to like the original source is it trying to read more books than 
like social media posts as we become more digital like people are going to need more yeah i think to navigate the di- like well, what would you say carla what's some tips that you figured out to like yeah get to the source huh. of things that's important sources are important um i guess if we're talking about fashion specifically um, or just in general like anything just knowing like your sources yeah, just like I feel like on social media, like even like if you go to the the Instagram tab where it tells you about like the vaccine stuff, oh, yeah. it just says vaccines. It doesn't say COVID. It's very vague. It's very vague. It doesn't cite the information. It, it's like giving very blanket statements. Yeah, um, so yeah, like how would you just in general? It could be hmm. fashion. It could be sustainability. Yeah, like how do you figure out? Oh, this is propaganda versus this is. Do Actually, your homework. Yeah. yeah. I think it's yeah, doing your homework, but it, that's the easiest answer. <laughs> yeah, information is just changing all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's like you constantly having to go back and like check. Um, but I think also approaching things with an open mind and being aware that like if you read something like it could be fake and being open to the to that possibility mm, rather than that. closing your mind and being just a hundred percent with that information that you read online. Like yeah, always take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like our generation is more open-minded or more closed-minded? Because I feel like in some ways we're more open-minded than previous generations, but in some ways I feel like we're more closed-minded. Like I feel like we're very closed-minded in what you just said where like people see one thing on Instagram or one thing in one article mm-hmm. and they take it as it's fact. enough. And that's enough. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's weird because it's like we actually might need like five sources before we can like confirm something as factual. It also depends on what those sources are. Yeah. And I feel like people our age are very unwilling to like shift. Like once they read something, it's done, it's coded, like buried. And that's my opinion. Like that's fact. Like I'm not going to revisit it. If someone challenges me, that's offensive True. or it's you very know. personal yeah I feel like it's very personal it depends on how you were raised if you're going to be open-minded or closed-minded mm-hmm. uh, so it's i don't know if i can generalize uh that but being aware of your own biases is important and just mm-hmm. understanding yes. that and it all comes um well in terms of sources i guess um yeah just being aware of your own biases and uh, keeping an open mind constantly i think it's important but it's hard because there's so many sources out there and there's so many books and it's just like it's Ooh. overwhelming at this <laughs> point. Yeah, And you're right. You do have to sometimes check five different sources because, until you can make your own conclusion. Yeah, it's really hard. And beware of yeah. censorship and beware of what those sources are. And, and not only just do your research inside of those sources, but maybe do research on, on the, sources. the sources. So it's like it does take a lot of work, but I think that there's a greater payoff if you are doing proper hunting. What I just picked up on something you said um, that you think people being open-minded or closed-minded does relate to how they're raised. Yeah. Say someone wasn't raised to be open-minded. Mm. How do we, maybe we could just get in a group discussion about this. How can we like reverse that or, or try to pull them more to the open mind? You know, I did want to bring this up at some point. There, There's a new... Um, theory called quantum theory which is proving that science can't be objective because we live in a subjective world every mind is subjective and this is being now scientifically proven which i feel like our generation is very obsessed with having everything scientifically yes proven. so now right. we're, we're entering the fourth <laughs> scientific revolution that's what they call it where there's this new factor in uh that's affecting all the data that we collect called consciousness. And once we start to realize that we're each living in our own mind, then I think that's going to allow us to open our mind as a fact that we're all 
living our own subjective experiences. Science has created this narrative of like being objective and knowing 100% the truth. But in reality, we're all just trying to make sense of the world. Yeah, that's terms. a good point. We have the scientific method, but Jordan and I talked about this. You could take um, like science is ever changing. It's We think it's yeah. absolute, but it isn't. It's and not. as long as you go through the scientific method, um, you can come to different conclusions with different problems as time goes on. Uh, yeah. Even like even just certain medicines, um, especially that are man-made, like it's not absolute. This is a hundred percent this or hundred percent that. Like yeah. we're constantly shifting things. And I think religion for me, like people like to separate religion like spirituality and religion from science, but I actually think they're very well they're so connected. connected. And connected, and then yeah. you see how well they like work really they just they integrate. It makes sense. There's 100%. order in the world. Science explains the order. Religion and spirituality gives it meaning, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this is beautiful like harmony between the two. And I hate that our culture tries to separate that and kind of deem people that do care about spirituality and religion as like non-scientific or like non-modern when I I think that the two coexist perfectly together. They try to pick out the holes in each of them. And right now science is taking precedence over religion, spirituality as a whole, that people have an easier time perceiving and wrapping their heads around like science, what we perceive as objective, intrinsic, like truths about the world. And then um, and then uh, religion gets put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Socrates said, to know thyself is the beginning of all wisdom. Uh, Pythagoras, which is the one, the person who made the Pythagorean theorem, used to sit in like his desk and meditate for hours to get theories. Einstein did the same. They were all involved in like meditation. and all Einstein these... was the same? Yeah. They wow. all used to meditate. Tesla, too. Um, <clears throat> Tesla, too. And I, that's um, such an important piece of information that we don't get taught in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that merging religion and science is going to allow us to look for answers from within rather than just always like making things up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, true. Cause we're very, we're very visual and we want to like see proof and we want to like, we're always perceiving externally, but if we could look more internally yeah. and like look into our own minds for the answer sometimes like that yeah. could be just as effective and we haven't even explored that yeah. terrain as much yet with yeah. louis vuitton for example um the brand like if i bet people that think that louis vuitton is sustainable if they could just actually think about the actions that they're about to take they might reconsider the mm-hmm. action of buying louis vuitton in the first place it's just a matter of se- stepping back and looking within i'd say mm-hmm. and just like thinking like critically and logically, I think that we're taught to, or the American education system is very much on uh, repeating and regurgitating facts as opposed to like taking it in and, and like processing, breaking it. something down to its very and, fundamental and nature, and having a healthy relationship with authority that's questioning authority too. You know, I agree. And, yeah. I mean, that's what I was gonna say about the science and religion. I agree that they are totally connected and in the end will be one and the same like they will merge together uh science is if i can try and describe this as best as i know science is um describing uh let's say consciousness uh physically in physical terms mathematical terms it's science studies and understands things on a physical basis Mm -hmm. spirituality or religion is just the uh direct experience of those things. It's the intuitive 
experience and knowledge. The more feeling-based, too. Of consciousness. They're both describing the same thing, right? Like, when you're having a religious or ex- spiritual experience, like, you're not calculating it. You're just feeling it. You're experiencing it. Because there's no math or numbers that could even no. do it justice, no, I wouldn't think. Uh, until you flip to the science side, and you can put numbers to it. So it's like, but they're both describing the same phenomena, which is consciousness. So spirituality is just a way of having a direct experience of consciousness, feeling it, whereas science is a way of quantifying it and describing it in physical terms, which it's doing its best. I really like that. I don't know if it'll ever, I mean, it'll get more and more advanced. We will describe consciousness on a more and more advanced and complicated level and we'll understand it more and more. But it's so complex, as you said, it's it's hard to even put there's always going to be a mystery yeah. you, and that's yeah. why there will always be spirituality and it's like so yeah. subjective and it's so beautiful to just have the experience of it and not have to put words or numbers to it you just experience it yeah but we love quantifying and understanding things so we will always try it more and more mm-hmm. well said do you think a, do you think a reason why we've put so much like time and energy and and more thought into investigating the external stuff the observable stuff like even exploring space exploring like this, like yeah, these scientific realms that are a little more tangible that like we can perceive and have identified that all of us can sort of perceive in similar ways. You think that that is an easier feat than trying to look within in exploring that depth? No, it's way harder. I think. Yeah, I think it's so much easier to sit down, close your eyes, and get quiet for five minutes and have an experience than it is to spend a lifetime calculating and measuring and. Trying to figure something out. I would out. argue the opposite. <laughs> and I would out. argue. I, I would, I would, I'm in the middle. I would argue the opposite. I like what you just said. Because maybe from, I feel like you guys have practiced your spirituality now for a bit and you, you kind of see the value in it. But I, I do think that this is like the same thing with why mental health took such a long time to, took, to take precedent to be equal as physical health because I think it's easier for people to look at like a broken leg and be like, oh, I'm sympathetic to you as opposed to someone who's struggling with depression because it's like it's harder visible. to see and the same thing with yeah. science. Like I think, I do think that people mm-hmm. like like taking in, like processing, like, okay, what do I believe in about the world? What do I want to practice spiritually? What do I fall into a religion? Do I not like going through that process of working through that pillar in your life and, and figuring where you fall? It's a lot of work and it, it's kind of more, sometimes more mentally draining and, and than no just one's doing your fu- math homework. You everyone's know? fully there. No one's ever fully there either. Like it's a constant journey of figuring out yourself. You think? I agree to people disagree. Are fully there. People, well, I, I think people can get fully there. I would call that being fully enlightened or fully self-realized where you're in a position where you are okay. you're just there and you understand everything. And it's not by memorizing everything, but it's by directly experiencing everything. Like you, you have become one with consciousness or more like you have realized that you are already one with consciousness. Do That's you think the goal that how easy is it to get there? Like how many people? Incredibly th- difficult for most people. I mean, but there are stories of people who, have experiences of enlightenment like spontaneously like Eckhart Mm -hmm. Tolle Mm -hmm. he claims to be fully enlightened and it was like just this like normal dude who had never questioned anything and then he got like super super depressed one night he has a whole story in the power of now he had like a really really terrible experience where he was just so trapped in his own mind and in a lot of 
pain mentally. And mm-hmm. then just like uh, he, I don't remember exactly how he described it, but basically he surrendered to it or he just like let go and fell into this void and woke up like fully enlightened and was just blissful all the time, had a total understanding of everything and was always totally present. Wow. And that's the goal of like a lot of spiritual practices is to reach towards enlightenment. It is a state where you're totally happy and fulfilled all the time and just blissful. I think, I think that you can feel that. Um, but I still would argue that you can always be better. You can always be nicer. You can always be happier. You can always be like stronger, more resilient. Like I don't think that there are, there are caps to those good I don't like emotional qualities. I think it's just a, a matter of getting to the point where that's where you always are. You are always okay. in the state of being kind. Mm-hmm. You're always in the state of being present and grateful. What do you guys think about temptation? I like that. I want to get that. Yeah, I will cool. say really quick that <laughs> like, like Buddha says that we can reach enlightenment, but we there's like this other step called para enlightenment that only happens when we die. So like, okay. It's a pro- like there's always I, like more and more. I agree. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I, that's my position is that I think like I believe that um, there's some sort of, like just very broadly speaking, um, there's some sort of like higher energy or being whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. And until we die and pass on to like the next life, which my belief is some sort of heaven, um, then that's when you hit full enlightenment is like after death and going through mm-hmm. that like yeah. process. Like I think you can get close to it. And I think the goal of life is to get as close as possible. But I think, it, and everyone's different, but my belief is that it's kind of, you're thinking that you're more like you can do more like you're you're downplaying your human physical side if you think that you can get to that before you actually die and an example of that is like um i don't know if you guys know who mother Teresa is but she had like a huge Go. yeah she was a very <laughs> big important woman and 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 helped decrease poverty important and, woman yeah and yes. decrease poverty in, in, in india and all over the world how you said that was so funny yeah um but she said that towards the end of her life, and this is someone who's very spiritually and religiously and just such a pure soul. She was like holy even before she became like a saint. Well, I don't know. She was a normal, she actually had a normal upbringing, but she said that towards the end of her life was when she felt the furthest away from God and the furthest away from her spirituality. And you would think it'd be the opposite because like she had done all this good stuff and you think at the end of the life, like you become a better and better person. I don't think it's become because she came became less of a person, but I think that I was preparing her for her. Like, I don't even know. I think everyone's different. I think everyone's different. I just think that it's, there's not like this, like everything. I, it, life isn't perfect. Everyone's life experience is going to be different. And I think that people are given, um, the struggles and the hardships that, that they can handle, um, and I think that tolerance for everyone's different. This you know? is the mystery of faith. Nobody, we have inklings and intuitions of, oh, maybe this explains this, or this is how I believe. And I love like, even just us four right here, like we all see things in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. And I embrace that honestly, cause it expands my mind and puts more possibilities in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like ultimately <laughs> we, we don't know. really know. We won't know until, and so, and yeah. science won't ever even fully be able to answer those questions well, either. So that's, but it gives us something the fact like people need to come to terms with the fact that we don't know. And this is what I think spirituality does really good and why I want it to be taught like to kids 
more so than it is right now. Um, just, yeah, you can get a better sense of how small you are. You can get a better sense of the dichotomy between there being evil and good in the world. There is always going to be suffering, but there's always going to be great things too. Um, you can control certain things. You can't control certain things. You cannot be a control freak in your life with every in, within every area. So I think that spirituality just really helps bring you back down to those senses and like you build resilience in all of those areas, I think. Well I did want to ask, like, how would you define spirituality? That's a good question. That's a really or, question. Anyone, yeah. like, we yeah. haven't really talked about. I feel like my so. first response to even just hearing you say that question is like a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I give me a couple minutes. I could try to put words. <laughs> what about to you, it, Carla? Do you have a? I, how, well, you're a religion minor, yeah. so I feel like yeah, major, major. <laughs> yeah, I think that yeah. I mean, so you're right. Science doesn't know, um, like, we know a lot, but not everything. For example, 86% of the universe is called dark matter because we don't really know what <laughs> it is. Or it's pushing us out. The Big Bang Theory, there's, like, a portion of time that we actually don't know what happened. There's a lot of things that we still don't know. And I think spirituality is accepting that mystery of life um, and accepting that your your presence in this earth is also a mystery of life. And that's, I think... Uh, Religion has been shaped because we want to understand these mysteries and we want to explain like the natural world and we create all these like ceremonies and traditions to like um, celebrate this mystery. So um, yeah, if there's one word that I could explain spiritual spirituality is accepting that mystery of life and like I really like mystery of life. life. That's yeah, like really it's yeah. the you're accepting the unexplainable. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I would say that's true. I'd say every major religion or spiritual journey is pretty ideology is falls into that for sure mm-hmm. um, yeah coming to terms with it and with being a part of a community too whether it be in a religion or even just being amongst other people that are spiritual like it's a big collective group like it people who are spiritual or aren't mm-hmm. i think that if you're in that category of oh you're spiritual that's that's the um overarching mentality like you are getting closer to coming to full terms with like accepting the mystery of it's life humbling. the mystery of faith it is yeah it's humbling because you're saying because science is very like we're deciphering like we're figuring it out as humans like we have more control over it than spirituality mm-hmm. i would say control. so i feel like it's very humbling to be like yeah i just i don't know <laughs> yet i don't know about the 85 percent of the space that we haven't no. we, i might eventually we might know soon but right now I don't know. And mm-hmm. I feel like right now yeah. it's like everyone wants to say they know everything. Everyone's sort of pretend that they're like partially a scientist and it's kind of bizarre. <laughs> like it's just like all we talk about is like science, 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 and it's fine, but mm-hmm. there's a lot we don't know and we're not going to be experts exactly. in everything. And with that mystery, I think comes uh, realizing spiritually that the only thing you can know is how you feel. Mm-hmm. And that's why personal growth and self-awareness is so important in spirituality because once you accept that there's all these mysteries you realize that what you can say is 100 percent sure is like who you are and how you feel yeah and the actions that you make the how you treat people what you put into the world Mm -hmm. the value you bring to the table like those are things that you absolutely can control that's true yeah i love that control yourself Yeah. yeah your reactions to things yeah, self-awareness was my first step in spirituality because I feel like my spiritual journey started when I was um, 
I had just graduated high school and I didn't know what I wanted to study and I was very confused and I had like this whole existential crisis and then I did yoga just because I I honestly just wanted to try it because I like trying new things out and when I was doing meditation or uh, shavasana which is Mm -hmm. at the beginning or the end of a yoga practice Mm -hmm. I just like closed my eyes and finally gave myself like a moment to listen to myself and like create a relationship with myself and that's how my spiritual journey just immediately um like popped off because i was like whoa i never really like i never really talked to myself that's so like cool. i should like create a friendship with myself and then since then i just started doing more yoga and listening to my body and I think that's key. Maybe in that moment, that that was a higher power or the universe calling you to have that thought to do that. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't know. Listening to yourself. Yeah. It could have just been from you. could have been, but that, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. It helped a lot. It helped music because again, the only thing that I can 100% confirm is like how I feel and what I mm-hmm. do. And so that's why it was so important for me to actually create a space or a time mm-hmm. that I can like hang out with myself and like give myself self, self-love. <laughs> I love myself. Yeah. I no, that's it. great. That's awesome. And that's healthy. Yeah. What about you guys? I want to hear about your like spiritual. Ben, you want to go? Yeah, Ben, you go. Definition slash journey. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess I'll start with my definition, uh, which is I think spirituality is um, uh, knowing your true self. Knowing your true self. Uh, I believe that we are souls having a human experience. Mm-hmm. You said earlier, mm-hmm. you, I think it was you, you said you believe humans have souls. I think souls have humans. Oh, I, I agree with that. Oh, I we would are say souls. That. I, I like that. Yeah, we're the the vehicle that the soul is just inhabiting yeah, right now. The soul is just inhabiting this body. Because yeah. when you die, you go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But your body doesn't. Yeah. But you do. Your consciousness, well, we your soul. We don't 100% know yet, but well, yes. <laughs> that depends on your belief, but I believe that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think spirituality is connecting to that part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Your soul. Which mm-hmm. I would deem is is uh, a spark of the universe, a spark of consciousness. It's a piece of something bigger. So by connecting with that, not only do you connect with your true self, you connect with your even bigger true self, which is everything, yeah, the entire universe. So that's what spirituality is mm-hmm. to me. Uh, Connects you to everything. The, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. yes. The okay. connection to everything, which is your true self, and all the experiences that come with that and are part of that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I relate to your story on a, a very similar level. Um, I, I guess I've, I've really been on a spiritual journey my whole life, but I wasn't consciously aware of it as much. Like I, I didn't fully embrace it until I guess it was the very end of 2019. And I I don't even remember what the situation was, but I was so trapped in my own mind and I was so unhappy about something. And uh, I went to sit on the beach with my mom and like, bless her. Uh, she told me to ask myself what I need and how to get out of this rather than telling me what I need. 
she told me to ask myself and listen to my own intuition, which I didn't even really know how to do at the time. A lot of so people don't just, know how to I do that. I was so like just caught in the, all oh, the stress and like I was so unhappy. And I list, I sat down and tried to meditate and just be quiet and listen to my mind. And I was so annoyed and distracted because there was this song playing in my mind. And I was like, why is this song stuck in <laughs> what, my mind? What like, song? Can you just turn off? I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to stop, stop, stop. I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. And then, then oh, this little voice, the voice of the universe, just was like, Calm. Yeah, like actually listen. And then I listened to the song and I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe there's a reason the song is playing. I should listen to the song. Mm-hmm. And it's Justin Bieber singing <laughs> Love Yourself. Oh, <laughs> wait, I'm so glad yourself. I got to know the and song. And it was okay. the line repeating in my mind, like, you should go and love yourself. That's and a I great like, song. I actually I like, love that song. Oh, my gosh, this is the message. Like, it's been here. It's here. It's been here all along. Oh, so you thought it was a noise. I thought it was a distraction. Yes. But actually, the song was the message all along. The message was to love myself. Oh my gosh! And, and I feel like, like I'm in a movie. Like, I, <laughs> I know that to be like the beginning it's, of a movie. It was yeah. an amazing experience. I will remember it for the rest of my life. And that was like a breakthrough moment. And I opened my eyes and I was like, I think I need to love myself more. And my mom was like, Yes! Like it's so there you go. And I was like, Yes! Oh my gosh! And then that like just opened up the yeah. whole can, where I was like, Oh my gosh! Like. I it now that I can treat myself better and that's a priority for me like I'm going to start I'm going to change my whole life and that's mm-hmm. when I stopped smoking weed and I stopped drinking and I started meditating every day mm-hmm. and and it would it was all a practice of self-love and it was like that I it's I can't true. keep doing these things to myself because I knew that like my drinking was a problem and that smoking made me feel terrible and but I kept doing it because like I didn't fully love myself I didn't I, I didn't respect myself enough to yeah. stop and I was caught in these self-destructive habits. But when I when the love came through, then I was like, okay, like I can stop these things and I can take the steps to improve my life and and and, yeah. and just just treat myself better and, and make myself feel better. And then and spirituality came along with that mm-hmm. because okay. I replaced the self-destructive things with self-loving things, which was meditation and other, you know, just, just living a more that. spiritual life. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, your diet, what you put into your body, like how you take care of yourself, all of that, um, when you're doing it in better ways, better habits, like that, yeah, you're feeding yourself in a positive reinforcing way, not a punishing way. Exactly. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's very beautiful. Step one, self-awareness. Step two, self-love. Yes. Yes. The self-awareness. Ooh, wait, that's like both of you. I know. You became self-aware. And I I mean, arguably both of you did, but like I would say your story is definitely... Should we just keep building it? <laughs> yeah. It continues. I wish yeah. I had a cool I mean, story like continues. that. The journey continues. Yeah. yeah. For, I mean, it, yeah. it seems like both of you Thoughts. had very like epiphany moments in a way. Mm. Yeah. yeah I I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, I mean, I've had a few, but I, that first one was but the a, spark. Was like, the spark. I was like, wow. And like, then it I trickled into more epiphanies. I need epiphanies. to listen to, those, like, mm. I need to, listen to myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Everyone's experience different. Like, I think some people, have epiphanies and some people it's more gradual and um i've never been i've never been an epiphany person um to be honest and i and i've actually thought about this sometimes i think that i do have little ones but i don't think i've ever really had one that is so conclusive that i just know like 
this is my plan or this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they always build up for me. And even like right now as we're like graduating and moving on to the next phase of life, like I've picked up on moments where I think I have like little epiphanies that are like building up to more clarity but still even still even with this I've never had like an epiphany moment and I and I wish that I did because I think that they're really easy to manage and it's an easier way that you can look inwards and like understand what your body your brain's telling you um but sometimes you don't get that so I'm like working through sort of listening to the little ones and sort of like concocting on my own. And I think that, um, there's like beauty in both of them. It's just like, I think it depends on the type of person you are, personality, what your brain is giving you or what a higher power is giving you. I don't know. But yeah, I'm the same way. I'm gradual moments of clarity is how I've gone about my life, both like spiritually and maturity wise. Um, I think that I, I feel like in terms of my definition for spirituality, it kind of builds on both what you guys say. Like I believe in the mystery component. Um, Mm -hmm. I think at the root, that's what religion and spirituality is. Mm -hmm. If you look at any religion, that's what it's centered around. Um, I'm on the same page where I think that you said it so beautifully and I never thought about that way, but I I think that souls are the being and and your body's the, the The vehicle. vehicle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's totally on par with, um, my definition of, or not my definition, but the religion that I identify with. Um, and I think like the third component to build on that is that I, I truly believe that there is, whether people want to identify it as um, the universe or creators or a God figure, um, I think that there is a being that has, I don't know how involved it was. I don't think it's as involved as like the Bible, seven days, earth was created. But I, I do think that, that that's what explains creativity. That's what explains beauty. That's what explains nature is that there's this, it's not just scientific. It's designed. designed. And I, I'm such a creative and a mathematical person. And for me, me, religion is the marriage of faith and reason. It's the marriage of those two science and spirituality. And I, I think it, it intercepts at some sort of being that is, soul driven and that's where we get that soul component that is different than any other animal um not even animal but just it it takes humans to the next level is having that soul component um so that's kind of my definition i really like that i hate to say it but i don't think i can top your guys's i feel like i agree with so many (laughs) things of what you said to define it as and it's so many things it's not just one thing either um how do you practice it how do you practice spirituality? Well, okay, so after what I just explained about like me feeling like I'm not like an epiphany person that nothing fully comes to me like so and so solidified that I feel like I just do that from that that point on. Um, I feel like my spirituality is sort of evolved similarly. And Ella, you just said it like you weave that into your statement you just said. Um, like throughout the last two years. I, what happened was I started, I think Ella, like Ella has done so much for me and I've done so much for her. And like, I don't know. We're if, like a married couple. I, <laughs> and we're like everybody knows this. I mean, that, this is why we have this podcast. And like, I think that I'm a talker and I think that 
talk therapy, like, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. people like don't do well talk therapy, maybe journaling or other ways of like therapy would be better. I'm total opposite. Like when I'm able to talk, like my wheels are turning even for myself. Like obviously I'm communicating to you guys, talking to you. And I'm also like talking to myself and therapeutically working (laughs) through my own things. Um, But I think through just little hints of bringing up like religion and spirituality topics, like within conversation, it like started there. And then it, and then from those conversations, then I started thinking about it more. And then it kind of became more re-implemented where I was like, wait, I want this. Like I want to pursue this. Like I want to make this like more of a priority. And then now it's at the point where I literally look at like aspects of spirituality, aspects of like my faith. And it's, it's ever evolving. I think that my faith will probably always be changing in little ways here and there um, and never be fully formed as we figure out more things in science, as we figure out more things in the world, as I figure more about myself and ethics. And I do believe that there is an objective like moral code. And I think that it is directly correlated to like how our conscience like actually works. Like there's a reason why you feel guilt about certain things. That's not because of like structural standards. That's because something like there's something in us that knows that there, that that is an evil act or that's an evil thought or whatever. So like I said, I want to keep it open-ended because I think that that is important and there could be good payoffs. Um, but I am embracive of that. And I think that I just, I don't know. It's funny how in such a short amount of time you can go from having nothing in your life to so much. Mm-hmm. And it gives you, it gives meaning to not only you, but like everything you do. Mm-hmm. Like it, you just are so much more mindful of, wait, why am I doing this? Why did I have this thought? Why did, like, why did this certain thing impact me so much more than I thought it would? Like, I don't know. You just get so much more in tune with yourself, your surroundings. Um, And I want to keep it there. Like, I feel like now that I've, like, I'm, we're not 25 yet. So our brains aren't even technically, scientifically fully developed. (laughs) Um, Really? Is it 25? It's 25. I think it's 25. Yeah. 22. It's 25. They keep moving. They keep yeah, they keep <laughs> Maybe there's a reason yeah, for that. I don't know. That's why you don't get off your parents' health insurance. But I guess like physically, <laughs> like cellularly, it hasn't even fully like, I guess, expanded. Wow, whatever. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. There's still a lot of time. But we're close. So yeah. I feel like I'm at a maturity spot right now in my life that I feel very confident that I know a lot about myself and I would predict that like all of us here, and this could be a subtle brag, I do think that I get the sense that all of us have, <laughs> like we think about a lot and we think about ourselves a lot. Mm. And it's not in a um, conceited way. It's in, a, it's in a healthy and hopefully humble way. That's what I try to do. And I'm fine with critiquing myself. I do it all the time. But I, I know the fine line between like, oh, these are harmful thoughts that I'm bringing to myself or these are conceited thoughts that I'm bringing to myself and I need to bring myself down. Like, I think that you have to keep yourself at that balance. Ego check. Yeah, ego check. I always need an ego check. And if you guys ever pick up on me having too big of an ego, put me in check because sometimes it's hard for people to recognize that within themselves. And it's when you, when you, I feel like when you have it more figured out, it's, you need even more ego checks, unfortunately. It's kind of the double-edged sword because you're kind of, 
I don't know. Like that's what, how I feel, and if I'm being completely honest, like yeah, yeah. No, ego checks are good, whether it be from someone else or from yourself, or yeah. the universe, or the universe just gives you one. Yeah, yeah. you think you really got together, and then like a bowl falls <laughs> on your head, boom. And that's a step in, into spirituality as well. Like that's like um, once you start your spiritual journey, there's this thing called shadow work that was named by Carl Jung, who's a psychologist, but uh, like the spiritual community. Shadow work? Yeah. Shadow work is Wait, like looking. Ca- was he American psycho? A uh, Carl? Carl Jung. Amer- yeah. Yeah, in Young. the 70s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. He He's was part famous. of, um, he made the humanistic yes, psychology. Yes, 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 like I know who you're talking about. Psychology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, he, he created this whole theory called um, shadow work, which is looking at, our ego and our unhealthy behaviors and trying to re- like reprogram our brain so that there we create healthier behaviors. And um, I think that's something that I really value about spirituality, that it's um, it allows you to question yourself and to yes. over, o- always think about how to become better. And know it's okay to question yourself and know that yes. it's okay to like, yeah, I think sometimes people think that it feels weird to do that, but just be more embraceive of, the weird because <laughs> 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 there can be weird. good payoff don't make it weird get weird don't make it weird <laughs> yes yes and guys we need to wrap this up <laughs> but i'm trying pizza. to think of yeah we need to get some pizza um it is technically earth day so we could yeah. i want to end this on something really solid though i don't know if you guys have any ideas but i will say that uh, also something that spirituality has made me realize is our interdependence within all of us and the earth um and once you start to create that connection with like a higher consciousness or the collective consciousness it's important to also consider animals and plants as part of those that consciousness and being aware that you are part of this whole system uh that makes life possible in itself earth we take earth for granted but there's a miracle in the fact that plants give us food to eat and oxygen to breathe and it'd be nothing without them nothing yeah it's important to stay humble and and give thanks to the land whenever you can stewards (laughs) of the earth be a good steward (laughs) we're a piece of a huge whole and just as much, I mean, I would argue that we need we need plants way more than they need us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Earth is amazing. It's so beautiful. It really it's is. so cool. Go I take a walk outside. Like it's yeah. as easy as that. Even if it's not as pretty as a hike, it does help to walk outside. Yes, yeah, even, even just for like two minutes. Hug a tree. Hug a tree. <laughs> Trees have consciousness. This. I, I totally agree with you. Like when you when you start on your spiritual journey, you start to realize that everything is everything is one. Like it's all part of one creation. However you want to look at it, part of the same creation, one and the same. Like there is a an energy, a, a consciousness that runs through and makes up all of us. And so when you when you know that, it's like how can you ever treat the earth badly because you're treating yourself badly or other people mm. badly it's, it's a part of you yes, I like that. you know it's it's it might not look like you the tree looks different but it's made of the same stuff we're all one in the same and so. it'll affect you negatively in the long run if mm. you are because think about it, if mm. we need trees mm. for yes. oxygen if we need other people like think of a friendship like it's it's mutually beneficial our relationship with nature is mutually beneficial we might mm. not see in the short yes. term trying to bring up all these ideas together we might not see in the short term how 
littering or how not appreciating nature, how being rude to a friend is bad, but it'll catch up to you later. You know, whether it's whether you don't get the oxygen in a very literal sense or whether you and your your friend doesn't stay being friends with you. You know, that that is the world that we live in. And we as much as being an individual is important and being on your own spiritual journey is important and getting to know yourself is important. There's going to always be the balance of individualism. And then how does that fit into society and the world as a whole? You know, yeah. yeah. Um, Protons, neutrons, electrons, same three subatomic particles that make up everything that we know of. And you observably, I mean, unless there's like weird interdimensional aliens, we didn't even get into aliens. <laughs> but another I mean, we're all day. literally made of the same thing. And yes, and if you go deeper into those subatomic particles, there's smaller subatomic particles, you go deeper and deeper, and eventually it's just pure energy at the core. Yeah, you're right. This has been found. That mm-hmm. it's the 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 substance that We're makes all, up all subatomic particles and atoms, and therefore all of us and everything we see is just pure energy. You're right, because that's why everything's always in motion. Not only are we, like, we think that we're not in motion because we're just, like, placed on this earth and we are, like, stationary right now or whatever, right? But dark matter, we're always expanding. <laughs> we're always moving outwards. Like, there's always some sort of force at play that's in motion, oh, yeah. and that's rooted by energy. Yeah. Like so, yeah. Yeah, we're you guys are like way more it. scientific than me, but that's fine. All right, well, oh, but yes. thank you guys so much for coming on. I hope this was fun. And Did you have fun? Did you have fun? I had so much fun. Yeah. This okay. was rad. Good. Yeah, this was Yay. Thank yeah. you for having us. Of and course. thank you to our listeners. Um, we're excited for you. Hopefully you enjoy this episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment because yes. we love hearing what you guys have to say and we love your feedback. And follow and them if you guys want us yeah, to put so anything. Yeah, so what's your handle? <laughs> plug anything. We'll attach it too um, yeah. in descriptions and stuff. My handle is at Benin. B-E-N-E-N. On Instagram. <laughs> Very unique name. Yes. yes. Mine is Carla Frias D. Yes. Okay. Follow them, guys. And go take a walk outside. And <laughs> hug a tree. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you guys later. Thank Bye. you. <laughs>